Hey, Adam Smolcom here, lead pastor of Vive Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that God will speak to you through the message today and that a greater level of faith would be unlocked in your life. God bless. Open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's, let's go there together. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm gonna use this as our scripture and the framework for what I believe God's gonna do today. Hebrews chapter 10, I'm gonna go ahead and read from verse 32, which says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathised with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Verse 35, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For the final installment in this epic series, I want to preach to you from a subject I'm entitling, You're in control of your confidence. You're in control of your confidence. You ready for the Word of God? All right, well, in anticipation, why don't you find five people around you, give them a handshake, a high five, a hug, or whatever you feel appropriate for the level of intimacy that you have. Go for it, go for it, go for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well done, outstanding. Go and get a bishop towel, dry yourselves off. Amazing. They're sweating up here, this choir. Hey, so something I forgot to mention uh, was that, in fact, my sister-in-law is here. This is Alicia, everybody. Fresh in from Australia, the convicts have been let loose and they're out now traveling the world. And uh, it's good to have uh, my sister-in-law here. It's great to have some family in town. And honestly, uh, before she was family, I do have to illuminate that she was actually in our young adults ministry uh, when Kira and I were first married. Uh, we, we met Alicia and she was in our ministry and uh, f- funnily enough, actually we were, we were still honeymooning and I mentioned that because early in, in our marriage, I remember this distinctly, this one day coming home and, uh, and, and Kira, she had like a really quirky smile and it was kind of off-putting a little bit. I didn't know what was going on. She's like, did, did you get it? And I'm like, get what? She goes, my text message. I was like, no. She's like, what? I'm like, no. And I remember getting my, my phone out. And it was like the green screen phone back then. You know what I mean? Like, so, so I'm like, no, no message. And I saw her face go from a quirky, you know, coy smile to a deathly white ghost look. She rushed to her phone only to realize, you see, she was, we're brand new married and she wanted to spice up the marriage a little bit. She thought she'd send me a little sexy text message that I never received only to find that she'd sent it to Alicia. (laughs) Who we then forced to marry my brother. (laughs) Just to keep it in the family, you know what I mean? And, 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 And don't worry, she was happy too. She's like, if this is the kind of family we're marrying into, I'm in. So... Uh, it's great to have her in town. You know, honestly, how many people know there's a lot of things you're not in control of in life, especially technology. It has a way of controlling you. It's not just technology we're not in control of. I would, I would suggest that there are some things that are actually in our control. 
like, like our ability to be decisive. That is actually within your control. It's, not, it's just not a personality trait. Like that some people are by personality decisive and some are indecisive, like some are outgoing, outward people. They must be the decisive people in life and they must be the introverted folk who, you know, just take our time to make decisions. I, I want to suggest that being decisive is not connected to a particular personality trait, but being decisive is within your control. And I want to suggest that because... If I could just maybe summarize and give you a shortcut to the end of this final installment in this sermon, I, I want to illuminate that, that confidence is connected to decisiveness. That's really good, yeah. The, the, the most decisive people are actually pretty confident people. Right, right. That, that they have no, no problem making decisions. Even if the decisions are wrong, they're strong about it. <laughs> right. But their confidence produces a decisive ability or decision-making ability because they are in control of their confidence. So if confidence is connected to being decisive, my question is, how do we get confident? How do we get confident? I wonder if there's anybody here that would like to know how to increase their confidence today. I'm going to take your subtle uh, nods as interaction and a platform for us to increase the interactivity today from. So I'm glad we're starting there. But, but, Maybe, maybe I'm misleading you because it is a bad question. Who would like to get confident today? Because I believe fully as believers that, that, that the reason that's a bad question is because as a believer, confidence is something that you already have. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Talk about it. I believe it's something that we already possess. It's something that we already have within us. Because truthfully, the believer has unparalleled reason for confidence in their life. Let me, let me go on a little journey and hopefully I can convince you because what we will find is, for starters, is that our confidence is firmly founded in our relationship with Jesus, which is not some distant or disconnected relationship, but an intimate one. You see, Hebrews actually spells out earlier in Hebrews is that we see that Jesus is not only our high priest from heaven, but he is also able to sympathize with us in our weakness because he has been tempted in every way we have been tempted, yet he did not sin. So, so when you actually only see Jesus as a high priest, you could be excused to feel somewhat removed from Jesus. But Jesus isn't just a high priest who is removed. He is also an ever-present God in our time of need. And because Jesus decided to step out of heaven and into the midst of our sin, therefore knowing exactly being tempted the way we've been tempted, He can sympathize with our weakness, which therefore produces an intimacy with Jesus. What that eradicates is any feeling that I would not be welcomed with gladness and assurance as I come into His presence. Sometimes we approach Jesus as someone who has got a lot to hide stepping into the light. And if I step into the light, it's all going to be exposed. Guess what? Jesus already knows. And He already likes you. So He says, just come right in. You can be confident of this. You're not convinced. I've got to read some scripture. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive and find grace to help us in our time of need. So, so Jesus wants you to know the reason you can have confidence in our relationship is because our relationship isn't built on pretenses. I already know what the, the authenticity of your heart is. You, you don't have to keep up pretenses with me. You don't have to put the fake version on when you come to church. And then uh, I know the Monday you as well as I know the Sunday will. And I still like you. That's freeing. That's 
That's freeing. That's reason for confidence. In fact, as a follower of Jesus, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more confident you become. Yes. You know that. You actually, you actually become more like Jesus. We see this so evidently with the disciples, namely Peter and John, as they kind of roll with Jesus for a minute. We actually see them, them kind of evolve from, from timid fishermen to, to bold disciples. And there's this one moment where they were kind of in front of the Sanhedrin and the Sanhedrin who actually knew the disciples, they'd been kind of going back and forth for, for years. They, they, they couldn't believe the men that were standing in front of them. In Acts chapter four, it says this, uh, uh, first, uh, verse 13, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Wouldn't that be a killer characteristic? That just because you're decisive and you're confident, people are like, oh, he, he might have been with Jesus. She, she'd been hanging out with Jesus, I can tell. She's got Jesus all over her. There's just Jesusness on her. Like, like just because of the way you're interacting, the, the confidence that you're walking with, the, the, the way you enter a room, the atmosphere that you produce as a byproduct of your relationship with Jesus, the very presence of heaven goes where you go. People recognize it. And so, so the longer you're walking with Jesus, the more you become like Jesus. There's, there's, there's a transference. You become God-like. And a believer's confidence is also deepened with experience. So the longer you're walking with Jesus, the more experiences you have with Jesus that not only convinces and develops a conviction around the miraculous and the reality of it, but also proves God's faithfulness. You ever been around a, uh, I want to put this delicately, a seasoned Christian? <laughs> that means like someone who's a granddad or a grandpa. Okay. Been walking with Jesus for a while and, and things happen. Like, like something happens with the economy and, and, and the stock portfolio and, and everyone starts freaking out. We were so into Bitcoin and now it's crashing. I don't like Bitcoin anymore. Like we're, like, like we're all over the place. And, and, and you got grandma who's like, just chill. And you're convinced grandma don't understand. Yeah. Hey, grandma, you don't even know what cryptocurrency is. No, she's, <laughs> but, but grandma's like, no, I, I know very well that you need to calm down. And that's just because grandma doesn't have the energy. It's because grandma has been through this before. She's experienced life. You're the rookie in the game of life. Grandma's been around this track a couple times and she knows that God provides. What she has is a conviction that God is faithful, that God meets her, that God is able. God is able to deliver. God is able to provide. God is able to protect. God is able in every season. So grandma ain't rushing around frantically nervous, posting on Facebook about the, the, the end of the world. No, no, grandma's just chill. You could take a note from grandma. And to be honest, with you, when you experience God in different seasons, you get that conviction too that God is able. <laughs> that God is able to deliver you. That God is able to redeem your past. That God is able to save you. That God is able to work out His good plan for us despite us. That's good news right there. <laughs> that God is able to, meaning when we get off track, He is able to complete the good work. That's what Paul was trying to convinced the Philippians of, in Philippians 1.6, he says, being confident of this, that he who began the good work in you 
We'll carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I, I love that Paul is trying to help the, the Philippians and you and I be confident of the fact that even though in life, we may make some dumb decisions. Hello. That, I love that my worship team is saying amen. Like even though we make some dumb decisions that aren't the necessarily probably the best decisions that God is still able to take our dumb decisions and work them into His masterful plan to still get us to the place that He has for us because He's good like that. He's clever like that. So we've already got a couple of reasons. God stacks the reasons why you should be confident in this life. The fact that you have an intimate relationship with God, that He knows you and He loves you and He accepts you. He doesn't know the fake version of you. He knows the real version of you. That is reason for good confidence in this life. Not only that is even in the real you making dumb decisions like the real you does. God's like, hey, cool, not the end of the story. I will just work it like a rerouting GPS to still get you to the destination. I can account for that. Not only that, we also see that another reason for confidence is that even when we do make dumb decisions and we get ourselves in the dark places of life, what causes us to maybe lack confidence is, I know that God can work it out, but I don't know how long this is going to take. Like, how long am I going to be in this dark wilderness, this lonely state, this isolation? Well, another reason for confidence that God wants to remind you of today as a believer and follower of Jesus is that even though you might be in a lonely place, you ain't alone. That there will never be a point in your life where I will leave you. God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In fact, this is a passage that you are going to find in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere men do to me? So check this out. I'm hoping I'm getting you convinced of your confidence, because in Christ, not only does God know us and accept us, not only has He got a plan to reroute our dumb decisions and work it out for good and bring it through to completion, but even when we get in the darkest seasons of our life, we are not alone. He's with us. Uh, you need some more? Okay. Well, check this out. Even though you're in the dark decisions, while it's comforting to know you're not alone, God says, that ain't it. I'm going to give you another reason to be confident. He says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my power so that you will prevail. That's reason for confidence. See, I could understand you not having confidence if you had to rely on your own power. Like if you had to rest in your weakness, if it was just up to you to navigate your way out of the dumb decision that you got, I would understand that. But, but God being so good, he, he says, I'm also going to give you my power. This is Ephesians 3.20, which says now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. It's his power. Can I, can I emphasize that? It's his power through us. 
This is so important for us to understand and a great producer of confidence in the believer who receives this and accepts this, that, that not only does God like you, just as you are, not only is He got a plan to reroute your dumb decisions, not only do you actually not alone in those dumb decisions because He'll never leave you and forsake you, He's also put His power in you as a way to prevail and get you out of those dumb decisions. And it's important to know that it's His power, not mine, because if I get that reverse, it's not confidence, it's cocky. It's a fake confidence. This is why Paul says, I put no confidence in the flesh. I ain't gonna rely on the ability. In fact, Paul was pretty spectacular as a person. In the league of extraordinary gentlemen, Paul was right up there. He even said, like, if we were gonna do that, do the confidence in ourself things, I'd be pretty good. I love how he flexes on him. He begins to tell him all his attributes and his pedigree and his qualities. And he lists them all like this ultimate flex, but then says, but I'm not putting any confidence in that. He literally says, if anybody could, I could, but that would be cocky. What I want, I want confidence in Christ. Because it's His power at work with me. All the things you see is because of Him. He, he knows how to walk in Humility. So, so the believer has unparalleled reason to be confident. Confidence is actually an inbuilt characteristic and identity marker of the believer. As a believer, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, the, the thumbprint of your life should be confidence. Not only because of all the things I listed, but also you know how this ends. That no matter what happens to you, you have eternal life. You are Saved, that's the greatest differentiator between you and the world is that you know where you go when you die. Great reason for confidence. We're finally getting there. I feel like we're getting our confidence back. And so what you've got to understand is that this becomes the, the foundation of the Christian. In other words, that's why it's a bad question to ask who would like to find confidence because confidence is already something that you have. In other words, it's yours to lose. It's yours to lose. Similar to your high calling in Christ, which you start with, you don't earn. It's the same with confidence. The moment you come to Christ, you become confident. Therefore, it's only yours to lose. So a better question would be is how do we not lose our confidence? How do we not lose our confidence? Firstly, we need to acknowledge that the writer of Hebrews gives us some pretty dramatic imagery by saying, so do not throw away your confidence. That's how, that's how they put it. Do not throw away. Now, why would someone want to throw away their confidence? That doesn't, that doesn't seem like a smart thing to do. Yes, sir. To throw anything of value away. And, and I will be honest with you, I have accidentally thrown some valuable things away. <laughs> when we formed this church, we formed a 501c3 is about a decade ago now, and I may have inadvertently thrown our official document away. At one point, recovered it. Don't worry about that. We recovered it. <laughs> and it wasn't intentionally. Had, had the U.S. government told us, hey, uh, look out for a piece of paper that does not look official. <laughs> look out for a piece of paper that looks like I could have written it myself. Uh, I would have been aware, but I was looking for an official document with a stamp and a signature from the president. That's what I was looking for. 
so when I just got a piece of paper, like all the other documents, I just discarded it only to dig through the trash and find it. Thank you, Jesus. But I may have also at Christmas time, I don't know if you do this in your household and all it's like at the, you know, Christmas morning and you got the gifts and you got like the chaos of paper everywhere and like you just got piles of paper. I may have inadvertently in being studious and helpful in collecting bundles of paper thrown out some people's gifts. You're just so judgy. (laughs) Don't pretend like you haven't thrown things away. The difference between you and I is I know about it. You've probably thrown things away you don't even know. You're like, where is that thing? You threw it away. You see, I don't think we throw things away intentionally. In fact, what would even be probably more important then unpacking why we would throw away our confidence would be knowing how we throw away our confidence. This, this is gonna be very, very helpful. If you are not taking notes, if today up until this moment, your whole walk with Christ, you have refused to be a note taker, now would be the moment to begin your new journey in Christ. This could just be extremely helpful as you re-preach this sermon to your employer. Okay, this, this is going to be a great time to jot some things down. How do we throw away our confidence? Well, honestly, what you'll find if you actually read through Hebrews, not just in isolation in one verse, and don't get me wrong, I love a daily verse. How many people love a daily verse? You just love a little daily morsel to feed them. They're great. But, but I would try eating the whole loaf sometimes. You know, I, I would try like starting at the beginning of the chapter and kind of working through it like a meal so that you get the whole context. And what you will find if you actually apply Hebrews from start to end is you will realise that in Hebrews, that there's a passage of Scripture right before this Scripture where Paul says, uh, where, where the writer says, do not throw away your confidence. What you're going to find is, is a whole section with some Pretty grim uh, language where, where the writer illuminates the dangers of either deliberate or unaddressed sin. Wow. Yeah. Now, I would so love if we had another installment in the series to go into that part, but, but we don't have time. But what I do have time to do is to really help you realize that sin will always erode confidence. This is why I want you to take notes because it's going to get really hard to say amen to. <laughs> But just look busy. (laughs) Sin will always erode confidence. In fact, the passage there refers a lot to deliberate sin, but also unintentional sin. And this has been the enemy's plan from the beginning of time, I believe, to eradicate the the believer's uh, confidence. We see this all the way back in the garden with the serpent. That you had Adam and Eve in the garden with no reason to not be confident. In fact, they were so confident they were naked and the Bible says unashamed. That's real confidence. How many people know what I'm talking about? And so here we've got these confident human beings with no reason to not be confident. And all of a sudden, the serpent comes with a question, questioning their confidence in what God said. Did God really say you could not eat from every fruit in the garden? And, and, and here we've got all of a sudden, we see that as they sin, confidence erodes. Where there was no shame, all of a sudden they cover because they got shame. This has been the enemy's plan is to to get you to question the things that God has said over you. I mean, we can start to list off all the sins, but but one of the greatest sins is to question what God has spoken over you. 
Because when you question what God has spoken, you're almost inadvertently calling God a liar. And God cannot lie. What He spoke will come to pass. What He has spoken is true. God is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so what the enemy wants to do, he wants to put doubt upon your decisions. He wants to make you indecisive because the believer who is indecisive is ineffective in this life. Unable to respond by faith when God moves, when God calls. And so the enemy wants to allow the sin in your life to erode your confidence in who Christ has called you to be. To somehow get you convinced that he has taken you off track effectively and that he has derailed your, your purpose in God. However, Hebrews does something really, really good. Hebrews gives us guidance around taking control of our confidence. Are you ready for this? Now that I've convinced you that confidence is yours and yours to lose, how do we take control of our confidence? Well, the first thing that Hebrews says is to uh, remember. It says remember. Remember, in fact, let me read it, verse 32. Remember those early days after you received the light? Like how many people can remember how bold and crazy they were when they first became a Christian. Anybody remember you were wild and out there for Jesus? Like you were, like I remember, I grew up in the church. So, so church was kind of second nature from a young age. But when I was 15 years old, I remember going to this conference, which is why you need to get to Amen Conference, by the way. Great moment to have a little advert break. Uh, Amen Conference, August 24 to 26, change your life. Uh, New Wave Revival. Anyway, so, so I remember going to a conference and getting completely lit up for Jesus. Like, like I was a Christian, but man, I got, I got, it was like the, my plug was in the wall, but someone turned on the switch. And I remember like, it was just an amazing encounter with God's presence. I came back, like went 15 years old, super Christian nerd. I, I changed all like my surf pictures and my motorcycle pictures on my binders. And I, I put on like preachers, revivalists. I put scriptures so that people could just read it and just get the promises of God's word for their life at school on the daily grind. And I remember I also was so crazy. I signed up for the street witnessing team. There's nothing I had ever considered prior to this day. It was for the elite forces of Christians because you had to literally, I don't know why there was any other time of the day they couldn't do it, but you had to go out from midnight to 4 a.m. When the only people out were clubbers, you know, many people out the club. And that was our audience. That was our target audience. And it's funny that the writer says, remember, because when I remember those days, I don't, I'm a little vague if there was any success <laughs> to our street witnessing. Honestly, I don't remember having a lot of success. What I do remember though, is learning how to not get stabbed at night. That, I honestly, I honestly remember every time I went out being terrified. Like I was 15 years old, Vox Gen, who's 15? Show me somebody 15. I, I was freaking out. How did my parents, you know my parents, my parents were pretty strict, I'll be honest with you. Like, can't watch Ninja Turtles, you know? <laughs> Definitely wouldn't be able to watch Harry Potter, you know? But go out at midnight, street witnessing? Go for it, son. I was terrified. And I don't remember any success, but I do remember learning how to not get stabbed. But that's the purpose of memory. Did you know that your memory is not meant to serve you just so you can just remember all the nice moments of life. That's how we often try and use our memory. Yeah. You try and remember all the, the, the vacations that you laid on the beach and 
all the nice times of family around the Christmas tree, and you, you try. But, but, but the reason your memory doesn't do that, it's all, it's all glossy and, and faded because that's not what your memory's for. Your memory's not for the past, your memory's for the future. Your memory is meant to remember certain things and give you tools so that when you navigate a situation like that, you don't make the same mistakes. <laughs> Help me preach. That you actually use it as, as a weapon and a tool that it will safeguard you that if I walk down that alley at night, that guy might have a knife. Don't do it. It's a safeguarding situation. It's a tool and a mechanism so that we can begin to navigate the future, not with ignorance, but with a confidence so that I don't make the same mistakes. Therefore, I know what to do at night because I've been there before. This is why grandma's so confident because she's been there before. She ain't sitting there saying, don't, don't, don't panic, don't fret. Let's just remember the good old days. No, no, she's saying, don't panic because I've been there before. And guess what? If you stick with me, I'll get you through. Not only that, grandma's also worked out that our memory is to build a catalogue of God's miraculous power and His faithfulness. That, 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 that I've been here before, but, but God provided that we may have been here before, but God, that gives me reason for confidence. Don't you remember when you were crazy for Jesus? Don't you remember when you first came to Christ and yeah, there were real obstacles, but you were just so bullish for Jesus that you just plowed right through them and you knew God would work it out. And now, 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 now that God's provided, why would you doubt? You know what's the craziest thing as Christians is we keep circling the same problems. Like, like we, we keep... Wondering, like, is God going to provide? Yeah. <laughs> you know, paycheck's tight this month. Uh, baby formula's really hard to come by. And inflation. And, oh, maybe, 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 honey, we should just not give the tithe. Because what if, what if we don't have enough? Yet we forget we've been here before. And God is faithful. And He's proven Himself. So why would I doubt what God has done in the past and not graduate to a new battle? Why, why do I have to fight the same old things? As if I'm not confident in God's provision. You see, the writer of Hebrews doesn't just say remember. The second step the writer gives us to taking control of our confidence is to persevere. It says this, so, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. Let me quickly give you two weapons of every Christian. First is endurance. The second is perseverance. These aren't just characteristics. These are weapons. They're offensive weapons. They may seem similar. However, while endurance is the ability to handle hardships, Perseverance is what helps us press on towards the prize, as the Apostle Paul says it. Perseverance is the, the tool that keeps you pushing forward and pressing on in all seasons of life. Perseverance is derived from a deep conviction that God has things at just the right time if I don't give up. And the reason I can press on is because I'm confident that God has what I need at the time I need it. This works with memory because I know how God provided right at the 11th hour. Like right when I, my faith was about to fail, my God came through. That's why I'm still here. But if I don't apply memory to perseverance, I'll miss the connection. 
the fact that I got to remember where I've come from and what God's done helps me apply it to my perseverance so I keep pressing on towards the goal. That as I keep pressing, I might not find the breakthrough key just yet. But if I keep showing up to church, there may be a Sunday where it comes together. There may be a moment in the presence in worship where I realise that God is for me. That there may be just the very thing that I need at just the right time. And if I don't have it yet, then I have to be convinced that it ain't the right time. But my God is faithful. He is miraculous and He will bring all things through in the right time if I just don't give up. If I keep persevering and another way to say it is persisting to keep keep being persistent annoyingly persistent I'm going to keep pressing God I'm going to keep praying God I'm going to keep persisting I really want I really want the breakthrough I'm confident that you can I'm not confident in my flesh I'm not confident in my ability but God I'm confident in you I'm going to keep pressing this will produce a confident person this is one of my favorite scriptures in all of all of the Bible in fact Galatians 6 says this in verse 9, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I love that. And the reason I love it is because I can do that. You know what? There's a lot I can't do. There's a lot of things I can't do. But trust me, I can keep going. I feel like that's in my wheelhouse is even though I might not be killing it or crushing it, I can keep doing it. I can keep turning up and praying. I can keep getting out of bed. I can keep pressing. I, it, you mean what I have to do is just not give up? Like sometimes we think there's all these things we have to do. The one thing we have to do is not give up. See, see perseverance or persistence also talks about your willpower. And what the writer of Hebrews wants you to know that, that if we keep persisting in what God's will is for us to do, we will see it come to pass if we don't just negate our willpower. In other words, God's will works with our will. That God does so much. There is so much in God that He does, which gives us confidence. But what God calls us to do is just don't give up. Keep pressing, keep persisting. I feel like this Word is for someone who feels like you're at the end of your rope. You're at the end of what you can handle. You're up against the wall, but the Word of the Lord for you today is keep pressing. Keep making decisions to turn up. Keep making decisions to pray. Keep making decisions to be good. Keep making decisions to be faithful. You might not know all the decisions to navigate, but the decisions I'm confident on is that God's called me. He will meet me. He will provide for me. It'll be the right time, in the right season, in the right way. God will do it if I... Don't give up. This, this all of a sudden puts confidence in your control. See, if you thought confidence was out of your control, you'd have reason to freak out. But, but God says, I put confidence in your control. You just don't give up. Believe in me. Put faith in me. Watch as I'll provide. I'm out of time. I need you to stand to your feet. And I need you to stand to your feet because I want to pray for some people. I said confidence is yours to lose and maybe you felt like you lost it. Maybe you felt like there's something's happened along your life where you, maybe you at one point were a confident person. Maybe you were that crazy Christian, you had so much faith, but, but maybe you've become unstable. Maybe it's a result of you putting your confidence in things that you're not meant to put your confidence in. Maybe you put your confidence in a marriage or a career or, 
or another person that because of a situation or destabilization, therefore you found yourself hesitant. For some reason you're fearful. For some reason you're indecisive and you know that's not your true character, but for some reason you've been cornered into this characteristic and today you're realising, I need to get my confidence back. I need to get that thing that I once had back because I know it was mine in Christ Jesus, but maybe because of some sin, maybe because of some situations, you feel like you've lost your confidence. I believe that there is an anointing and an assignment today as the body of believers to get our confidence back. So I wanna do something, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you. And right across this place, I want everyone to close your eyes real quick, just close your eyes. And if you're saying, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I have been way too hesitant. I have been way too fearful. It is time for me to get my true confidence back in Christ Jesus. I just want you to lift your hands and I'm gonna pray for you. Right across this place, every hand lifted that is saying, I need my confidence back. What is rightfully mine in Christ Jesus. I seem to have lost it somewhere. I feel like I've thrown it out inadvertently, but God, I'm digging for it again and I wanna get it back. Then I'm gonna pray for you. Maybe it's a confidence in what God has called you to do. Maybe it's in the confidence of God's provision. His healing, His power. Maybe it's just an area in your life that has caused you to be somewhat of a hesitant person, not from today on. Come on, we are gonna get our confidence back in Christ Jesus. So God, I pray right now for every hand that is lifted high. I pray that You would fill them with Your power. You would fill them with Your confidence. Lord, I pray that there would be something happening in their thought life and in their heart right now. Lord, that as they come before You humbly, admitting that I have had fear, I have let fear reign too long. I have let hesitation dictate my direction for too long. But God, today I am humbling myself before You. I am repenting of fear dictating my life. And God, I'm choosing to put my confidence back in You. I put my confidence in my career. I put my confidence in my situation. But now, God, let my confidence be in You and Your Spirit. I pray right now, Lord, that they would feel, Lord, a new mindset, that they would see with new eyes, that they would have a new direction. Lord, that they would have a boldness in their step like Peter, walking out of the upper room and preaching with boldness. I pray, Lord, the boldness would be the characteristic of these believers. A new confidence, a new courage. Not hesitant, not fearful, not afraid. Hey, I hope you were blessed by that message. We release new content every single week here at Vive Church. And so if you don't wanna miss any of it, I would encourage you, go ahead and subscribe. Also visit our website, vivechurch.org to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the life of Vive Church. God bless you.